The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I am Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the audio version of the one-page article I published on my blog, Kol Hasridim, on July 20th, 2021, the 11th of Av. Uh, the title of the article is My Experience Fasting for 48 Hours on the 9th and 10th of Av. Uh, and two two disclaimers here. The first one is that I am actually recording this um, 45 hours into the fast, okay? So I am presuming that uh, I'm going to finish the fast, but uh, it's a presumption, okay? Uh, the second disclaimer is I don't usually write about halachic topics uh, on my blog, just because the audience I'm writing for uh, or that I'm aiming for is broader than, is not quite so specialized. Uh, so this is somewhat of a halachic, um, uh, somewhat of a halachic um, topic. And because of the one page format, I did not go into, into as much explanation as might be necessary. So um, I apologize if there's any jargon here that I don't fully explain or certain presumptions about how halacha works that I'm not going to explain. Um, that's, uh, again, this is a rarity. Okay, so the article. I've been doing intermittent fasting all year for health and for energy. I generally fast between 17 and 19 hours each weekday. Fasting in this context means not consuming any calories. I still drink water, coffee, and tea. I never fasted, and by that I mean never fasted in any sense, longer than the standard 25-hour ta'anis on Yom HaKippurim and Tisha B'Av. But after learning about the health benefits of fasting for 48 hours, I decided to give it a try this year. My plan was to break my Tisha B'Av fast on water and tea, then continue fasting until at least the next morning. In my mind, this extension of my fast had nothing to do with halacha. I figured that since I was drinking fluids, then this wouldn't count as a halachic ta'anis. That is, until I saw this tour in Orachaim 558. Uh, quote, it was taught in Abraisa, on the seventh of Av, the Gentiles entered the sanctuary. They ate and drank and wreaked havoc on the eighth and the ninth until late in the day. Towards the evening, they lit a fire in it, and it burned until sunset of the tenth. Rabbi Yochanan said, if I were there, I would have established the commemoration on the tenth when the majority of the sanctuary burned. It says in the Yerushalmi that Rav Avin fasted on the ninth and the tenth, whereas Rabbi Levi fasted on the ninth and the night of the tenth because he didn't have the energy to fast for the entire night and the day of the tenth. Nowadays, our energy has waned, and even on Yom HaKippurim, uh, which would be proper to observe out of suffix, out of doubt for two days, we are unable to do. Nevertheless, it is a proper minhag to not eat meat on the night of the 10th and the day of the 10th, but only what restores the soul, which is partial inui, partial affliction. End quote. It is clear from the Yerushalmi that fasting on the 10th of Av is an ideal to strive for, since that's when the majority of the sanctuary was burned. The Ramban in Moed Katan 28b explains that these Amoraim extended their fast as a minhag chasidus, a custom of piety, and that, quote, the more one mourns over Yerushalayim, the more meritorious it is for him, end quote. Even a partial fast would count for something, as we see from Rabbi Levi's fast on the night of the 10th. Less clear, however, is the scope of the proper minhag mentioned by the tour at the end. According to the Taz's explanation of the tour, the minhag is to refrain specifically from meat, a food associated with simcha, rejoicing. But there is no kiyum, there's no halachic fulfillment whatsoever of abstaining from other types of food. According to the Bach, the tour's minhag is to refrain from eating even non-meat food, 
except for, quote, that which restores the soul, since this abstention constitutes partial inui, partial affliction. Thus, according to the Bach, my extended fast would constitute a kium in fasting on the 10th of Av, despite my consumption of liquids. If abstaining from non-restorative food is a kium because it produces inui, then kavachomer abstaining from all food. But then I asked myself whether my fast really did fulfill the minhag. After all, I was doing this for health reasons, not as an expression of mourning, which according to the Ramban is what makes this fast meritorious. In an effort to legitimize my fasting, I spent all morning and afternoon learning through the relevant sources to understand the purpose of what I was doing. I made it my mission to find an idea worthy of writing up as an article. The result? I learned a lot, but I didn't find anything that I deemed profound enough for even a one-page article. I was about to give up on the search and the article when I realized that this health-motivated 48-hour fasting experiment fit right into my goal of prolonging reflection on the ideas of Tisha B'Av beyond the demands of Halakha, which I wrote about yesterday. Indeed, my observance of this minhag caused me to spend an extra day learning about Tisha B'Av. What began as a non-Halakh health experiment became a shalolishma observance of a real minhag, at least according to the Bach. This might not have yielded transformative insight this year, but it will certainly pave the way for such insight in the future. This is yet another example of a person should always learn Torah, even shalolishma, because from shalolishma, one will come to lishma. And that's from Midrash, Midrash Eicha. Uh, chapter two. And that is a win in my book. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.